Good morning. It's my pleasure to join you this morning as I have a chance to present our uh, message this morning. Our sermon text comes from Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7, where Paul is uh, reminding us who we are in Christ as sons and heirs. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Please join me in prayer as we uh, prepare for uh, our message. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day that we can reflect on the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as we reflect on being your children. Open our hearts and minds to, to hear your word, to be convicted by your spirit and receiving the, the good news of your son, Jesus Christ, his birth, his life, his death and resurrection. Help us to proclaim that from the highest mountaintops and live it each and every day. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So if you don't realize, today is our last Sunday in 2020. It's been quite an uh, interesting, challenging, uh, frustrating year for many of us. At the same time, we have one constant that we can remember from this Christmas season, and that we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, the child in each of us is excited when Christmas comes, typically and traditionally. This year probably looked a little different, but yet we have so many things that we can be thankful for and celebrate. <laughs> Christmas can be a time for children and a time for family. I don't just mean the presents and fellowship time and great meals. It's a time of giving and receiving, sharing love and joy and peace with one another, being with loved ones in a family relationship, like we are as believers in Jesus Christ, like we are here in this church. Each of us wants to belong, to be a part of a family. Our sermon text this morning tells us that God intends to have each of us as a part of his family. Martin Luther in his commentary on this passage presents a clear explanation. I'll read the verses as Luther read them and then his commentary in the language of the day. Verses four and five. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. After Paul had taught us that righteousness and faith cannot come to us by the law, neither can we deserve it by nature, he shows us by whom we obtain it, and who is the author of our justification. The apostle saith, when the fullness of time was come, here Paul speaks of the time which was appointed by the Father to the Son, wherein he should live under tutors. This time being come to the Jews and ended, Christ came in the flesh. So it is daily fulfilled to others when they come to the knowledge of Christ and change the servitude of the law for the faith of the sons. Christ for this cause came unto us that believing in him, we might be restored to true liberty, by which they of ancient times also obtained the liberty of the Spirit. As thou believest in Christ, he comes to thee, a deliverer and savior. Now, 
the time of bondage is ended. As the apostle saith, the fullness thereof is come. From verse 6, And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Here we see plainly that the Holy Ghost cometh to the saints, not by works, but by faith alone. Sons believe, while servants only work. Sons are free from the law, servants are held under the law, as appears by those that have been spoken before. But how comes it to pass that he saith, because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the Spirit, seeing it as before said, that by the coming of the Spirit, we are changed from servants to sons. But here, as though we could be sons before the coming of the Spirit, he saith, because ye are sons. To this question we must answer, that Paul speaks here in the same manner as he did before, that is, before the fullness of time came. We are in bondage of the rudiments of the world. All that shall become sons are counted in the place of sons with God. Therefore he saith rightly, because ye are sons. That is, because the state of sons is appointed to you from everlasting. God hath sent forth the spirit of his son, to wit, that he might finish it in you, and make you such as he hath long, since of his goodness determined, that he would make you. Now if the Father gives us unto his spirit, he will make us his true sons and heirs, that we may with confidence cry with Christ, Abba, Father, being his brethren and fellow heirs. The apostle has well set forth the goodness of God, which makes us partakers with Christ and causes us to have all things common with him so that we live and are led by the same spirit. These words of the apostle show that the Holy Ghost proceeds from Christ as he calls him his spirit. So God has sent forth the spirit of his son, that is of Christ, for he is the spirit of God and comes from God to us and not ours, unless one will say after this manner, my Holy Spirit, as we say, my God, or my Lord. As he said it to be, as said to be the Holy Spirit of Christ, it proves him to be God of whom the Spirit is sent. Therefore, is counted as he is Spirit. Christian may perceive this, whether they have in themselves the Holy Ghost, to wit, the Spirit of sons, whether they hear his voice in their hearts, for Paul saith, he crieth in the hearts which he possesseth, Abba, Father. He saith also, we have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Thou hearest this voice, when thou findest so much faith in thyself, that thou dost assuredly, without doubting, presume not only that thy sins are forgiven thee, but also that thou art the beloved Son of God, who, being certain of eternal salvation, durst both call him Father and be delighted in him with a joyful and confident heart. To doubt these things brings a reproach upon the death of Christ, as though he had not obtained all things for us. It may be that thou shalt be so tempted to fear and doubt, and think plainly that God is not a favorable Father, but a rengeful wrathful revenger of sins, as it appears to have happened with Job and many other saints. But in such a conflict, this confidence and trust that thou art a son ought to prevail and overcome. It is said the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered. 
and that he beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. How can it therefore be that our hearts should not hear this cry and testimony of the spirit? But if thou dost not feel his cry, take heed that thou be not slothful and secure. Pray constantly, for thou art in an evil state. Cain saith, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hid. And it shall come to pass that every day every one shall findeth me shall slay me. This is a dreadful and terrible cry, which is heard from all Cain's progeny. All such as trust to themselves and their works, who put not their trust in the Son of God, neither consider that he was sent from the Father, made of a woman under the law, much less that all these things were done for their salvation. And while their ungodliness is not herewith content, they begin to persecute even the sons of God and grow so cruel that after the example of their father Cain, they cannot rest until they slay their righteous brother Abel, whose wherefore the blood of Christ continually cries out against them, nothing but punishment and vengeance. But for the heirs of salvation, it cries by the spirit of Christ for nothing but grace and reconciliation. The apostle here uses a Syrian and Greek word saying Abba, Pater. This word Abba in the Syrian tongue signifies a father by which name the heads of monasteries are still being called. And by the same name, hermits in the times past being holy men called their presidents. At last by use, it was also made a Latin word. Therefore, that which Paul saith is as much father, father, or if thou hast rather my father. Verse 7, wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. He saith that after the coming of the Spirit, after the knowledge of Christ, thou art not a servant. A son is free and willing. A servant is compelled and unwilling. A son liveth and resteth in faith, a servant in works. Therefore it appears that we cannot obtain salvation of God by works, but before thou workest that which is acceptable to him, it is necessary that thou receive salvation. Then good works will flow freely to the honor of thy heavenly father and to the profit of thy neighbors without any fear or punishment or looking for reward. If this inheritance of the Father be thine by faith, surely thou art rich in all things before thou hast wrought anything. It is said, your salvation is prepared and reserved in heaven to be showed at the last time. Wherefore, the works of a Christian ought to have no regard to merit, which is the manner of servants, but only for the use and benefit of our neighbors whereby we may truly live to the glory of God. Lest any think so great an inheritance cometh to us without cost, although it be given to us without our cost or merit, yet it cost Christ a dear price, who that he might purchase it for us was made under the law and satisfied for us both by life and also by death. Those benefits which from love we bestow upon our neighbor come to him freely, without any charges or labor of his, notwithstanding they cost us something, even as Christ hath bestowed these things which are, which are his upon us.
Thus hath Paul called back the Galatians from the teachers of works, which preaching nothing but the law perverted the gospel of Christ, which things are very necessary to be marked of us also. For the Pope with his prelates and monarch and monks hath for a long time intruded, urging his laws, which are foolish and pernicious, disagreeing in every respect of the word of God, seducing almost the whole world from the gospel of Christ, plainly extinguishing the faith of sons, as the scripture hath in diverse places manifestly prophesied of his kingdom. Wherefore, let everyone that desires salvation diligently take heed of him and his followers, no other than Satan himself. It's clear that Luther understands what Paul is saying to the Galatians and to us today. As children of God, we are to trust in God and his word, not in man and worldly advice and influence. God calls us to be his children. Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 through 29, show us how God calls us. You have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Greek nor Jew, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Our faith in Jesus makes us his children. And we remember from our Sunday school lessons, the songs that we sang, including Jesus Loves the Little Children, red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight. Even if we are not little, we are still loved by Jesus. First John chapter three shows us what we are as children of God. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God and what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Loved and honored by God, unknown and sometimes despised by the world. That is what we are today as the children of God. And what shall we be as children of God? Since it's not fully revealed, we do not know for sure what our shape and form will be. But we know that we've been promised a spiritual body and everlasting life. But there is more than this. We will be like Jesus. We will bear his image and our lowly bodies will be transformed to be just like him. So what should we do and be as children of God? Romans 8 verses 12 through 17 provide guidance. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that made you a slave to again fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are God's children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his suffering, in order that we may also share in his glory. God has chosen to adopt us as his own. As adopted children, we are heirs to his kingdom. But what is the basis of this adoption? The gospel writer John 
clarifies this in chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. Yet to all who receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or husband's will, but born of God. God gives us membership in his family by grace alone as a gift from him. It's never something that we can achieve on our own through our efforts or our talents. The imparting of the gift is dependent on our receiving and believing it. In this Christmas season, as we begin a new year, let's remember that God gave us the best gift possible, his son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who was born in a manger and grew up to live like we do. Then he made the ultimate sacrifice, giving up his life so that we might have eternal life with him, a great gift for each of us. As we all need to do, all we need to do now is receive this precious gift and believe in the giver. God's unconditional love then surrounds us. There was a new mother staying with her parents for several days after the birth of her first child. One afternoon, she remarked to her mother that it was surprising that the baby had dark hair, since both her husband and she were fair-haired. The grandmother said, well, your daddy has black hair, to which the mother, the daughter replied, but mama, that doesn't matter because I'm adopted. With an embarrassed smile, that mother said the most wonderful words her daughter had ever heard. I'm sorry, dear, I always forget. All believers are adopted children of God who are accepted by him with his unconditional love. Just as we want our children to grow and mature, God calls us to mature in our faith with him and walk with him each and every day. This is what it means to be a child of God. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege of being your children, for the relationship we have with you, and for the rank and position that you have given us in your mercy and grace. Thank you for your spirit that enables us to live with you. We pray that we will continue to follow your leading and that the spirit will guide us each and every day. We ask this in the name of our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.